0: today on laura lynn and friends i don't want to hear one more person tell me that they're afraid they can't lose their job they're afraid of being ostracized what are you living for why are you here on this earth you're here to protect your family and children
1: well hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days my name is laura lynn tatter thompson and this is a very personal issue uh, that we're going to be talking about today. Um, it's cost me a lot to be involved in this fight. Many of you know that years ago I was a national television show host, and when I got involved um, in sort of what was going on with our kids and what our, our children were being indoctrinated with, the propaganda machine was going here in British Columbia in Canada, and uh, I took offense to it. I, I, I didn't believe a lot of this and I didn't want my children or your children uh, to be taught this. And so when I got involved in that fight, I, you know, I lost my national uh, job and it just became like, wow, what is going on in the world? All the political correctness, all the fear around it, all the concerns. Um, Nonetheless, I'm very happy to be where I am today, right here on this perch where I sit and talk with you every single day. I get to talk about anything I want. I have no fear that someone's going to tell me to be quiet except God and perhaps my husband once in a while. And he's pretty good about not telling me that, you know what I mean? So uh, no, he's... he's. Uh... <laughs> Only he advises me when necessary. Okay, so you know that I love to read from my dad's uh, Bible every single day when we come here, this leather-bound, beautiful book that my dad left me as a treasure. Um, I don't know that he knew I would find it so very meaningful, but when he passed away, I grabbed it and I began looking at all of the things that he underlined. And I thought today, as we're talking about males and females, if my dad would have, you know, thought it important to underline when males and females began as according to the word of God, when God created them. And so I went to the book of Genesis where man was made, Genesis 1, you don't have to go far in the Bible to see God talking about sexuality, to see God talking about gender, um, and right here, my dad has indeed underlined some important scriptures. So Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27, my dad has underlined. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Two distinct beings with different body parts, um, different everything almost, right? So there's a lot going on in the world when you see a man in a sporting event up against a woman I guess it's not so bad if it's you know cricket, but if it's gonna be if it's gonna be boxing, um, a woman might be in danger of having her face punched in because men are very much more strong than women are, and there's a lot of logical differences. But the world seems to be wanting us to get into a, a state of mind and a state of thinking wherein we. We want to see everyone as the same, and um, there's some people that are rising up. I personally have uh, wanted to stand for truth in this area, and the, the cost has been great, but nonetheless, very worthwhile, and I wouldn't change a thing. Not a thing. So I'm glad I'm here. Um, Aaron Friday is going to speak with us today. She's a licensed California attorney for more than 25 years. She co-leads the Western region of Our Duty, an international group of parents and allies who are fighting to protect children and vulnerable adults against gender ideology. She's also one of the lawyers behind the parental notification policies that are being passed by California school boards. She also co-leads a local branch of parents of rapid-onset of gender dysphoric kids. She has been in two documentaries. One is called Groomed, and that is through the Daily Caller. And the other one, Gender Transformation through the Epic Times. We love the Epic Times. They tell the truth too. She is frequently found in Sacramento fighting bills that erode parental rights and force parents to subject their children to gender interventions. Erin, we really welcome you to the show. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, for this very important topic that obviously you're very invested in. Maybe you could tell us a bit about yourself and how this came to be something that you have literally used your expertise, your career, uh, to, to, to share the truth on this matter. Sure. Um, and thank you so much for inviting me on.
0: Uh, yeah, the whole gender identity and ideology was completely foreign to me. I was Uh, you know, a nice Californian who followed the uh, liberal way of thinking. And I wasn't even aware that this movement was underfoot because it was at the time well hidden. Um, The sex education courses uh, I thought were similar to what, you know, I experienced, but it was completely different. And my daughter was captivated uh, by this whole new Um, ideology that, you know, tells kids that they can change sex if they want and that sex isn't even real, that there's more than male and female, that you can be non-binary, which is a nonsensical term, um, and you could be anything. And we even have a psychologist here in San Francisco who says that there's an infinite number of genders, infinite. she has a gender called a Prius, the car. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, the absurdity is, is like, it's laughable and it would be really comical it really is. if it didn't result in harms to our kids. So when my daughter was going through puberty and tough times with COVID and being locked in her room and living on a computer and isolated from friends and not enjoying as her body changes you know gaining weight and hips and breasts and you know menstrual cycles none of these things are enjoyable <laughs> for, for young girls and she decided that she was now a boy she was going to hop out of uh, the birth character um, and by the way no one can change sex it's not possible you can pump as much drugs as you want into somebody you can cut off body parts and they're still male or female there's nothing in between that's it um, there are people with disorders of sexual development but they're still male or female there's no third gender there's no third sex so that's why I got involved when it came to my house and it was hell um, it was a year and a half of absolute horror in our household and um, Disrupted our family. My daughter went into a severe, deep depression, as one might expect. When you tell a person that they could be born wrong and that they are wrong, that's going to cause severe depression, especially in a young girl. Uh, and then once we were able to, you know, extract her from what I call the gender cult, I decided that this was my calling i'm not a religious person but this is what i needed to do is to stop this from happening to any other child in yes. any other family um because we have been sitting i mean you were smart you you knew about this in 2016. Um, we we've been sitting here in silence and not actually even knowing that it's happening in our schools you know under our own noses we were completely unaware and so i haven't stopped talking since and i won't stop talking until we safeguard our kids again
1: i am so grateful and that was the sentiment that i had when you know it was just one parent that revealed to us that she was a bit concerned about some of the the stuff that was coming out and and we all went what that's not even rational it, i mean it, it almost seemed like you know she was trying to punk us, like as if you'd ever teach a little boy in kindergarten that he could be a girl. Like who would do that? That's so dumb. And then we looked at it and it was beginning to come in everywhere. And it wasn't across our country. It was just in here in British Columbia. And so that fight, that led me to go, this is not happening on my watch with me being quiet about it uh, for no how and no way. And so I guess that's what happened to you. And um, I'm very interested in this journey thank you for sharing your personal story about your daughter you said it was just hell uh, what was the hell was it because oh no like what are you thinking and she wanted to change i guess and and then you said you extracted her what was that process to like what did you do well it, it's it's hell
0: because your child is being destroyed right um so you watch your child seep into a depression that is beyond you know comprehension um and they also your child becomes unrecognizable because they get swallowed up they now live in the internet and those people the mob tell your daughter that your parents don't love you if they don't accept your trans identity um, that you should run away Um, that you are going to commit suicide. They tell these kids that they're going to commit suicide which we know is a social contagion and we know makes kids then suicidal. And you're watching and no one's helping us. We went to all these different doctors and therapists and um, psychologists asking for help and all of them told us to affirm, to celebrate that the little baby, the little girl that came out of my body is now a boy. And to celebrate this lie and go along with this lie and forget all the past that you had with your child um, and forget all your critical thinking. I mean, a boy and a girl, they are different. I gave yes. birth to her. I knew she, I was carrying a girl six weeks into my pregnancy. This is not assigned. This is the truth and once we destroy truth in our world, all hell breaks loose. If we can convince people that a boy is a girl and a girl is a boy, imagine the atrocities that can happen in our world and they're happening, they're happening. So yeah, we spent the, you know, the better half of a year and a half really um, pulling her out of a cult you know, redirecting her thinking, uh, showing her how amazing it is to be a female, um, getting rid of the internet, pulling her out of public school, getting her out in nature, surrounding her with people who love her and know her and know that she's a young, beautiful woman and that no child is born wrong. There's no right way to be a girl Look, I I actually gave, showed her a picture of me when I was 13 and she said, who is that? Said, well, that's me when I was a boy because I was a complete tomboy. I liked rough and tumble, total dirty, you know, (laughs) didn't wear a dress, didn't wear makeup until I was, uh, you know, later in high school. And she was kind of surprised. I'm like, yeah, we were all boys, but but look at me. Um, And I think some of these things affected her um but it was it was a long journey and it was hard and nobody helped you you as the parent you walk it alone um you know even the the schools of course are against you i had child protective services show up at my house and the police um, wow i told them to stop calling her a male name at school yeah. Um, even our Catholic school. Uh, they were going to throw us out of the Catholic school because I had um delivered Abigail Schreier's book, Irreversible Damage, and it triggered some of these teachers at a Catholic school.
1: What is and wrong I said, you know with what the world? me?
0: You know what triggers me? You tell calling my daughter a boy and you going against our religion. Right, because this is the Catholic religion is the Bible, and what you read in the passage. There is man and woman, and here is the Catholic school where I thought she would be safe. Now,
1: even they, even they told me to celebrate my son. Wow, and this is what's so scary for a lot of people is that uh, even these institutions that we have relied on for many years that we think we can we can trust. Um, whether it's Catholic, Langley Christian School, uh, Christian schools in our area, um, just falling into this. First of all, there's money in, in and behind it. That might be one reason. People get paid off. All kinds of weird stuff goes on. But but then you lose this trust in these institutions. And then you get threatened by social services, which could not be a great day for any parent to have these guys show up because we know they have a lot of power in our world to just do as they see fit. And God forbid that you're not protecting your child who wants to be a different gender. They could take your child from you. That's right.
0: But they, the way we stop this is to stop being afraid and for yes. everyone to speak up because they can't cancel us all. And we have to take their power and make it our power. Certainly, you know, California is as liberal and as crazy as it gets. And, you know, I know Canada, you have the same problem, but it's amazing what a few people can do when they start pushing back because they're not used to us going on the offensive. And it's really important for us to show our strength, join forces and really not be silent. Silent Mm. is complicity. Silence is acquiescence. And if you think it's not coming to your house and that you're bulletproof, you're wrong. Every woman is in danger of a man being in her bathroom, in her changing space. Even when you're convalescing at a hospital and you're, you know, incapacitated in a bed, you could have, you could ask for a woman to be the one who bathes you and you're going to get a man. So it affects everyone. So everyone should be really vocal and doing something to stop this
1: uh, because it's just going to continue.
0: I appreciate
1: I appreciate you calling it a cult because it's very accurate. Like you do not you do not speak against this cult, you do not uh, talk against it, you don't stand against it, you don't have opinions in in disagreement with this cult. Like when it came in, and I know in Canada, uh, it largely came in through uh, three gay men, the Arc Society, and they brought in this. They paid a lot of money to get it into the schools. We had to dig it up. We had to find, where is this coming from? How how is this illogical, ridiculous, lacking in common sense theory uh, that that we've never, you know, dare heard, uh, you know, being taught to our children, being taught, and if you question it, you're the evil person. All of a sudden, you've got Antifa, you've got LGBTQ protesting you wherever you go, if you're speaking or something, because... You're daring to speak against the narrative. It is the definition of a cult. And um, and when kids are getting involved in all of this, I, I also just want to revisit the importance, you said, of getting them off the Internet and and pretty much removed from this environment that is pushing them towards that. You're talking about literally upheaving your life as is known and changing everything for that child to to come out of this cult.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I was certainly planning on moving out of the country um, to a, you know, more of a third world country just to let her actually see what real life is because these kids ruminate. And this is how it concretizes in their minds. When they have too much free time, they just, they get obsessed over it and they're living in a virtual world. And when they're out in nature and they actually Smell the flowers and, and see the, you know, see the beauty of what is here and what is real. It helps snap them out of it. Uh, because really, I mean, think about the avatars now on video games. You can become, they have skins. You can become a woman. You can become a man. You can become this. You can become that. It's not real world. And the real world that we live in is quite amazing and quite beautiful. Um, and yes. now we live on screens.
1: Yes. And the real world, as was created by God with male and female, is a beautiful thing. It actually fits together it, It complements each other, and you were also mentioning about men can be in our bathrooms and things like this. I mean, um, David Menzies in Canada, he's a reporter for Rebel News, and missing in our coverage of Nicholas uh, Zapata, is that? So he is a 50-year-old male swimmer who IDs as a 13-year-old gal, uh, is... um, Commentary from parents until now, check out what swimming mom Nina Lukla has to say. So he goes and he talks to this mom because this 50-year-old, you kind of said something very important. You said if you can if you can lose grasp on the reality of male and female, what else can you lose grasp on? Now a guy can say, No, I'm I'm not 50, I'm 13, and I want to be in, in the you know in the pool with the, the little kids. Um, so this is the concern about allowing this not to be spoken back to and, you know, to fought back, to, to fight back on this issue because so many people, they're too afraid. Where did you get the courage to speak up? Aaron, because a lot of parents are in your shoes. And they haven't done what you've done. They've just acquiesced. Uh, They were told their child, you know, might commit suicide. You have to let them do this. They just totally succumb to fear. Well, a couple things. First of all, you have no morals
0: if you won't protect a child. So I don't understand how this swimmer, this 50-year-old man is getting changed in front of 13-year-olds. Where are the parents? Where are the fathers and the mothers Raising, holy heck on these, on this man. Why are they even letting their children swim in the pool with this perverted human? It, it's just, it, it blows my mind. And, and being afraid that he should be more afraid of us, the parents who love their children, than we of the backlash for standing up for our own kids. That's where courage comes from. It comes from love. I loved my daughter so much, so much that I would never allow harm to come to her. And when I became a mother, I didn't just become a mother to my two children. I became a mother to all children. And so I feel obligated to safeguard other kids. And I don't wanna hear one more person tell me that they're afraid they can't lose their job, they're afraid of being ostracized. What are you living for? Why are you here on this earth? You're here to protect your family and children. That's what we all must be doing. And so saying you're afraid just doesn't land on me. I have been doing this for four years, no pay, I don't practice law anymore. I pay money to do this. I've had Antifa in my face while I'm alone and I'm a five foot four woman. I am not afraid. They were afraid of me. Mm -hmm. They run out the back door when I show up. This is how truly they're cowards on the other side. And if Canadians and Americans And we don't start standing up for our kids. We're watching our world burn daily.
1: Um, You're a true mama bear then because there's some women rising and they are going to protect their cubs. And I appreciate what you've just said a lot because the cowardice is so demeaning. It's so unhealthy and gross that people will not stand up um, and, you know, for... Common sense and basically physical truth. And so uh, it, it's really wonderful. You've gotten involved with some groups here, I think, as well. Um, I have Our Duty. Is that um, an organization that you work with? It is. So I'm a co lead
0: of Our Duty in the Western region, and we're a nonpartisan group, non religious group. Most of us are actually Democrats or were Democrats. Um, you know, I know the press always wants to say that this is a right-wing issue, it's not. It crosses into every parent. Um, this group started in the UK and I was very fortunate to find them and be able to take a leadership position because we're advocates. Um, we, don't, we do some support, but we go on the offensive and it's really awesome to be part of a group where I get to do what I wanna do Um, and what feels right to end this in the United States. We have a branch in Canada, we have a branch in New Zealand, Australia, um, obviously the UK, that's where it started. And, um, you know, we're joining forces and seeing what works in different countries and what we can do uh, to make sure that parents also know, which you said was a very important thing. It is not a choice between suicide and transitioning your child that is a massive lie and, All and the they use it that I work with yeah I, I work with 3,000 parents that say none of our children have committed suicide and we've held the line none of them I cannot say that for the other side I know of families who have transitioned their kids and their kids committed
1: suicide the suicide happens
0: after the child transitions,
1: right? Not before. And people are so celebrated. So I don't appreciate as well, uh, you know, the fear mongering about there's no support, the bullying and all of that. When everyone celebrates the LGBTQ in North America, you know, you get more jobs, you got to have the diversity quotient. So you want to make sure you hire someone with a different colored hair and nose rings, perhaps because, oh, they're filling in some, you know, DEI or how, how do you say that diversity, equity and inclusion, um, you know, uh, amount that, that you need to have in your organization. And they're celebrated. They're, they're blessed. They're pushed into it. They're helped into this change. And then after they've had parts of their body cut off and a fake penis created that doesn't work and that looks hideous, then somehow they're not very happy with the results and I was just watching a video because these videos are everywhere now. These are the detransitioners transitioners that are ignored completely by the trans people. They they hate these people when they come out. And and this one person talked about getting the operation and then how the doctors just didn't care about them anymore. Because the doctors get paid to get you in onto that operating table and to do the operation. and. They, the testimony of this young person, um, was that uh, the the, all the other people that he or she knew. Okay, it um, it gets confusing because I think that I think that she's a she. Um, So now she's going back to being a real she, you know, and and accepting that. But now all the people that she knows that have had these operations, they're all botched. They they look like horrific. And they're concerned about it. And then the doctors don't want to give you help anymore. And then you're abandoned by the community because you're not happy. Uh,
0: That is completely accurate. So I'm working with, I work with a lot of the detransitioners. They don't get any insurance coverage when they want to um, get their bodies back as much as possible to look at, look like their original sex. We had a... um, man here in California, one phone call, and he was able to get uh, approval for fake breasts, um, all paid for by his insurance company. And then he detransitioned, and it took over two years of him fighting with the insurance company to get the breasts removed. I mean, there's no problem going in, the problem is going out. We have detransitioners who have, um, atrophied uteruses they don't know how to treat that they don't know what to do with their bone pain um, because it's all a giant experiment there's a fellow in san francisco um, who was has a history of um, mental health issues because he was assaulted as a child Uh, went through horrible um, horrible experiences as a child And this man, who incidentally is straight, had his genitals removed and the wound that they created to replace his genitals never heals. Of course, it doesn't because the human body wants to heal things. The doctors made it so it doesn't heal. And he is racked with infection after infection after infection. He gets sent away from the doctors. We don't know what to do to help you anymore. Go back to the gender clinic. He's completely abandoned. He's practically homeless. Um, there are people who get the phalloplasty, which I think is what you were referring to. Mm-hmm. Those don't ever work. 90% failure rates. I mean, these people end up wearing diapers into, you know, in their 30s. Uh, puberty blockers cause brittle bones, little You know, young women at 21 have osteoporosis like an, you know, 80 year old woman, what are we doing to humans? You talk about this being a hateful movement. It's hateful on their part. They are harming human beings and then kicking them to the side. You don't fit our narrative anymore. Look, I'm probably one of the most hated people in California because I'm a Democrat. I'm a liberal. I voted for same sex marriage and I'm against the trans movement. I am a total Benedict Arnold. Wow. (laughs) You know, they don't, they don't want my name in anything. And plus I saved my daughter. Uh, You know, I'm the best hidden story uh, because I speak the truth. And there's so many of us that speak
1: the truth and we are silenced. I'm so grateful for it. And, um, have you? What have you had to do personally to come to terms with? I mean, the Democrats really have pushed this uh, right up to Joe Biden. You know, it's all about the transgender. Um, you know, you know, affirmation. It's you know, if you don't agree with this, somehow you're not a good person. So, how, how have you? Um, you know, how have you kind of come to terms with all of that within the Democrats? Why are they like this? Well, I think.
0: There's a difference between those who are in power and those who are just your average voter. The Mm. average voter like me did not know that this was happening at our schools. I really honestly was uh, oblivious to all of it. Um, The Democrats that I know, again, the rank and file, the silent majority are all against this. It's those who are in power Joe Biden, when he said that supporting your transgender child was uh, w- w- or not supporting your transgender child was uh, sinful. Mm. He lost me then forever. I yeah. don't know if I will ever vote for a Democrat ever again in my life because of what they've done to families and to children and to women. He put a Supreme court justice on the bench. A woman who couldn't define the word woman. I I mean, what happened to the party of science? I don't know when my party became this extreme, insane group of people. I really don't know. And, but I do know that I was part of the problem. I've been it. You know, I worked a full time job, two kids, two dogs. I wasn't paying attention to the laws that were being passed. I just, you know, believed the media that I read and I was wrong. And I will never be wrong again. I voted for Gavin Newsom and now I fight against Gavin Newsom. And I won't stop fighting against the Democrats in power until they start returning to some kind of rational thought. Um, But I'm going to keep saying I'm a Democrat because I
1: am. Yeah. I carry the card. Yeah. Um, Well, it, it goes to show that some people have common sense. Like this, this is so, don't you think one day history books will say there was this weird era When people started telling little kids that they could change their gender, they propagandized them. And then the kids did, and they fell into it. And if there was any other kinds of, as well, mental health issues, sometimes, you know, kids with autism will get very stuck on this notion. Mm -hmm. And then all of society began saying, you have to agree with this. You have to do this. And then men and women of all ages started getting these very strange operations and, and mutilated bodies and all kinds of horrible things happen. And history books, I think, will look back and record this. Um, I was wondering if you felt, uh, in all of your investigations, that the sustainable development goals regarding gender and not just gender um, equality, but with the UN, they have these this Agenda 2030. And it has a lot to do with accepting people how they see themselves, um, and you know, uh, you know how how the the gender stuff is fully accepted, and they want everyone to be uh, very inclusive of people who might represent as any gender. Do you think that that has any part in the world government, such as Biden, because they all said "bill back better." I mean, these were. Catchphrases from the WHO and places like this that seem to have sexual training, as if that's any of their business. Uh, the WHO has this sexual training too, that's very LGBTQ focused. Do you think that's part of it? Why are governments screwed up?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are so many. You know, we talk about this being a cult, and the odd thing about it is that there's no one leader. So you you talked about the money. There's also the um the global uh desire to cull the herd. You yes. talked about autistic kids, let's sterilize autistic kids. Let's tell them they're trans so they can't procreate. Right? We are transhumanism. We don't need women anymore. We can make men into women who can lactate and we're working on transferring women's wombs into male bodies like this is all frankenstein and it is you're right it comes from the absolute top we have human rights campaign that brings in 78 million dollars every year pushing this people are investing in this and making money off of uh cross-sex hormones and the surgeries um anybody who owns stock in the united states is actually investing in harming children. This is a whole big cabal. So there's fetish, there's uh, pedophilia, there's money, there's culling the herd, there's getting rid of the deplorables because these are mentally ill people who are transitioning. Yes. Think about what Planned Parenthood started out as a eugenics. Planned Parenthood started out as eugenics to ensure that black people could not have families. Yes. Mentally ill people could not have families. That was the design of this. And we're doing it again at a larger scale. They're pushing transgenderism now in Africa, in Korea, in Vietnam. Why are they doing this? It it also makes it easier. I mean, look at these men dressed up as, as women Swimming with little girls. That's pedophilia. Yep. That's a fetish. And now we're making it legal and something that we should celebrate. And we should tell little girls know that man there with that penis sticking out. That's actually a woman and you're safe around her.
1: Right. Right. This is it, what we're doing. It's
0: disturbing. It's, a, it's really disturbing. And you're right. You know, the history books are going to look poorly on everyone who who sat silently, everyone who did nothing.
1: One of the things that you're involved with is bringing in, uh, I think I have it here, JT, but a statewide ballot initiative in California that will require parent notification from school, protect girls' sports, and prevent child sterilization. And we do have someone in Canada, a premier, uh, Daniel Smith, who has recently um, brought in um, stipulations that parents be informed and that uh, no one can, can change, um, minors cannot change their sex or get involved in any of the hormones. At 16, I think you can begin to get some hormonal changes, and then by 18, she's going to bring doctors to Alberta so that there's an easy one-stop, get your gender um, transition here, so I'd love to hear. After everything that you're going through, p- parental notification is important, but um, it's it's uh, the the world is so crazy that we're still celebrating it. We're still deeming it, and like you said, these are mentally unhealthy people that are going through this, and we're still not acknowledging that. We're actually we're going along with it and trying to appease both sides.
0: Yeah, we're saying that a child can be born wrong.
1: We're saying that this is immutable and that is just BS. Absolutely. And thank you for fighting for that, you know, scientific fact. Um, And so is this something that is going to help parents in California? And you also say that you work in different parts of the world. But is this what we need to bring in? Parental notification from school whenever something's going on. Parental notification is part of our ballot initiative for a very specific
0: reason, uh, because the sooner a parent knows that their child is, is distressed about their natural body, the better the chance of the parent getting the child to be comfortable in their natal sex before they become obsessed with wanting to take hormones, which are irreversible, or doing surgeries. Now, I work with, again, Thousands of parents, all of us who have gotten our kids uh, to return to biological reality, um, had to pull our kids out of public school where they were being indoctrinated, and we also learned about it early on when the child was uh, younger. So we had some time before they turned eighteen and took control over um, their medical decisions. So it's so important for parents to be involved. And look, this is a mental health issue. This is a maladaptive coping mechanism for a child who is distressed why would you pull the most important person out of the child's life and keep a secret have everyone in school all the students all the teachers the janitor the lunchroom lady they all know that your child is suffering from gender dysphoria except the parent and and, you know if if the child is more likely to commit suicide did you know that children commit suicide Um, At home, 95.5% of all suicides of children are at home, and you're going to deny the parent the ability to protect their child from potential suicide, hide the drugs, get rid of the poisons. How are you helping a child? And I know of no cases where a parent has thrown their minor child out of their house because the child says, i'm transgender not one in fact we hold them closer when we try to find out why are you so why do you hate yourself so much right why are you you know what is going on with you so it is so important schools are the pipeline for, for trans you know genderism they are teaching this at tk four years old five years old to children that they could be born in the wrong body, that the doctor could make a mistake. These schools are creating the mess that we're in and we need, we need to end it at the school level. I'll tell you one thing, mark my words, if we get this out of our schools, the number of kids who are saying they're trans will drop
1: significantly. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and that's so do, why you needed you needed to remove the influences and somehow it's not just the Internet now. And and it, it's literally buried in all the curriculum and all of these teachers that are propagandized actually into this nonsense that somehow like you know, expound on it, even when we don't know that they're talking about it. They're, they're, we've got activist teachers now, and somehow they've made it a point to hire these kinds of people into our schools. We need a, a full up, you know, upheaval of this whole entire system, and maybe people should look at homeschooling and, you know, giving the, the school system a real wake-up call that we're not taking it anymore. Well, here's the thing. The,
0: the teachers who are against this They are quitting their jobs. Instead of standing up, they quit. I've talked to countless teachers who say, I don't want to teach this, so I just quit my job. Don't quit your job. Fight. Stay at your job and fight. So they're hiring all these young teachers who have learned about all of this in college. They don't have children of their own, so they don't understand the influences on children. They don't understand that kids can still believe in, you know, Santa Claus in fourth grade, and that, you know, teacher's word is like gospel to a child. Um, So, yeah, I mean, the the schools are replacing good teachers with indoctrinators. The schools are forcing an education on the teachers. We have laws that have passed in California that forces teachers to listen to hours of transgender ideology. Luckily, we have some brave teachers who say no, and they have filed lawsuits. We need people to file, you know, lawsuits all over the country, all over your country, because until the schools start having to pay out millions, and they will, believe me, they will be paying out millions for what they're doing to these kids. It's going to continue.
1: I, ho- I hope to hear that um, and I, and I hope to see it too and, and I think it's beginning to happen. I know I was recently contacted by somebody who said it's affected their family and uh, they've got some extra money and they would like to support a child who would now like to sue the establishment that put them. Into a horrible situation because they're detransitioning. So people are actually getting so upset they're going to want to put funds behind that, and maybe that's the only way that we put the fear of God into anyone, um, or the fear of being sued, the fear of money loss, the fear that they can lose their home because they've been involved somehow in in putting a child into a completely uh, terrible position. I want to ask you one one more time, um, first of all, a couple things. We want people to know um, how to perhaps connect with you because I'm sure that the your being able to rescue your own child from this is going to ring a lot of bells for people because they want to be in that position as well to, to help their child through this and to come out of the cult, so to speak. And um, how they would contact you, where they would... Um, uh, connect with OurDuty.group, I think is what I have. That's correct. So they can send out, uh, send
0: in their contact information through OurDuty. Um, those who want to donate and help uh, in the fight can donate to either OurDuty. If you're um, in Canada, if you're in the United States, you can donate to ProtectKidsCA.com. Uh, to help get this ballot initiative on the ballot in California. Because here's the thing, if California returns to biological reality and we get boys out of girls sports and we stop these gender mutilation on children in California, the rest of the nation will fall also. And so will Canada. Now, Canadians can't donate to ProtectKidsCA.com, nor can they sign the petition. Um, but they can talk about it, they can raise awareness, and they can join our duty. The other side is really well-funded. They have been pouring millions of dollars into this movement for a long time. We need to be funded as well on this side so lawyers can be hired to take these lawsuits because money talks. Uh, Money is going to be the thing that is going to force these doctors to start harming kids. I want them to lose their licenses. I mean, they have to, they need to be responsible for sterilizing these children and for turning them into lifelong medical patients because that's what they are. There's no take backs. None of this is irreversible. Once the breasts are gone, they are gone forever. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. Yes, and my final my final question for you is, what are we to do in our society with those that are, because you're talking about children and everyone kind of goes to that. What about protecting adults from this hideous agenda? What about 18 plus? I don't know about you, I wasn't the brightest kid at 18 and uh, mm-hmm. made some mistakes thereafter. And, you know, I I didn't get smart. I tell my kids all the time, I was about 35 before I became really brilliant. And you're still, you're still not, you know, you're still needing protection at 18. And yet our countries are looking at it like you're 18. Now you've been, now you've gone through school and you've had 10 years of, or, or 12. Of the years tell, uh, you know, school years telling you that you can do this, that this is a thing when it's not a thing, it's not, it can never happen. You will never be a woman if you are a man. You will never be a man if you're a woman. You can just change your body parts all you want, but it is not the truth. And what is your opinion on society's response and their responsibility to 18 plus? There is nothing magical between 17
0: and 18, nothing magical that happens in the brain. Uh, most humans don't uh, mature until they're at age 23 to 25. We know this, this is actual science, um, and kids who are autistic, they don't mature until they're about age 30. So there's a lot of parents who are able to hold the line for their kids until they're 18. And then as soon as that magic number happens, uh, they go ahead and harm themselves with cross-sex hormones and surgeries. So I'm actually, I don't believe that anybody should transition at all because I don't see the utility of it. I don't see that it helps people. I know people have transitioned as adults and their mental health issues that cause them to have the self-loathing never disappears. But I'm a pragmatist, so I don't believe I'll be able to put the horse back into the barn. But 25 would be the minimum age to do anything like this. But again, I won't support that either because I don't think it's right. It harms women right because these people are still going to believe that they're women um, and it harms humans we don't tell an anorexic yes you are fat and we will you know put you on diet pills and staple your stomach we need to resolve the issue of why they believe that they are not lovable were okay walking this earth in the natural body that they have. That's what we need to do. So I feel, you know, this 18 year old mark is just, again, it's just a made up mark. It was so that we could put people in the military. There's nothing magical about 18. 18 year olds do all sorts of dumb things. Like you said, you you know, they can't, uh, 18 year olds can't drink Right. they can't buy marijuana, they can't rent a car, they can't rent a VRBO, and that's because the actuaries know that the 18-year-old brain is as immature as the 16-year-old brain. Yes. They know this, and instead we're, we're saying an 18-year-old can make this decision. Most of the detransitioners
1: transitioned after the age of 18 and regret it. Such good words. Uh, thank you very much for your wisdom on this. Um, I'm not sure if you would ever write a book, Erin, but you're so well spoken. Um, should that happen, that you get a book out there for all of your advocacy, you you probably could have it done in no time because you've got all this information and research. You have personal experience, and you're very passionate about it. Everything that makes a great book. So, uh, you know, I I feel like um, parents that are going through this, which is in astronomical numbers now because of this propaganda, um, love to get their hands on books like this. So anyways, just a thought you might consider at some point one <laughs> day when you're not too busy <laughs> putting yeah, that together. Yeah, no, I'd
0: like to write the story on how to get your child out of it for sure. Um, I love it. It's a, of, it's a matter of time. I work already 16 hours a day. Oh,
1: so I get it. I'm not
0: sure how I fit it in.
1: I I think that element of this, that you were able to bring her through and to the other side and what you had to do is very important. And I I think that you're going to hear from um, our viewers on things like that. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for spreading uh, this very important work and standing, having the courage to stand, which is so rare. This is such a volatile issue with As you said, you've had these, you know, Antifa at your home and people standing in your face. It it can be very intimidating, but you are a courageous woman. And so I, I really thank you for that contribution to our society at this hour. It's very important. Whether you're a Democrat or not, I still love you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you so much for standing. I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. And let's do this again because there might be more to report after some things are turned over in California. Please let us know. I'd love to do another show on that. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Erin. Take care. You know, um, that... That little bit of conversation at the very end there, I think is so important. And I hope that Danielle Smith, you know, I'm not sure if we can make a tweet right there, JT, but Danielle Smith understanding. I mean, I I applaud her for her work and trying to make sure that there's uh, parental rights and that children are protected and that Alberta will not be a place where we're going to push things forward. But Danielle Smith's then very next step is to make it easier for 18-year-olds plus, which tells me she buys into this, which is not what my guest is advocating for. Um, You know, we do not advocate for this at all. And you say 18, you know, you're just not ready to make this kind of decision. And if if you're going to have to live with these consequences and understand that your sex life will be affected, your choice on whether you have children or not all of this is just so important at 18 what do you know at 18 it's a it's a very it's a very challenging thing and I just I do pray that uh, premier Daniel Smith is going to come to an understanding so that she's not pushing forward at lightning speed to get all these doctors into Alberta to make Alberta the place to go for your surgery it's 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 just, uh, oh, it's mind-boggling. I don't don't like it. I don't understand fully what's uh, the reason behind all of that. Um, I want to show you just a couple videos before we go. Canadian MP Randall Garrison gives his opinion on parental rights. Take a listen.
0: Do you view this as a parental rights issue at all?
2: Well, I'd I'd like to say, first of all, there's no such thing as parental rights in Canada. There are parental responsibilities. And in Canadian family law, the primary responsibility of parents is to support and affirm their kids. Children have rights in Canada, and these kind of policies restrict the rights that children have in Canada.
1: Ah. Parents don't have rights. That's your NDP, right? He's an NDPer, isn't he? Um... Funny, I think that you're wrong, sir, and we would literally give our lives for our children where you would not, so we want to have every bit of, say, we've got to rise up, everyone. Our whole society is turning this into, uh, you know, taking away our kids, taking away the power of a parent to be able to speak into their children's lives. It's really very disturbing. Um, so here is one final video asking if there's any real difference between the Liberals and the Conservatives. I think this person makes a valid point. Take a look.
2: Canada, there's a by-election happening in Durham, Ontario right now, and there's something that both the Liberal and the Conservative Party do not want you to know about. Meet Robert Rock. He is the Liberal Party candidate running in Durham right now. There he is, high-fiving Trudeau. Here's the thing. Just last year, Robert Rock was running as a conservative party candidate in Durham. Robert Rock to run for conservative nomination in Durham riding. How different can the conservative and liberal party really be if they will so quickly just switch teams? Like this is so humiliating for both the liberal and conservative party that they basically agreed to run cover so people would not talk about this. Remember the whole twofer thing? Pauliev's new candidate in Durham is a twofer. This created all sorts of drama. Trudeau calls candidate a twofer. The candidate responds, oh, Trudeau wore blackface, and all this back and forth between the conservatives and the liberals, and all of that drama makes you believe that there's a difference between the liberals and the conservatives. It was a very effective distraction, and here's the tough pill to swallow, Durham. The conservatives were in on that distraction, okay? They don't want you to know that their candidate just switched to the other side, to the liberals, and those two parties basically are very, very similar. They both support mass migration. Mass migration contributes to the housing crisis. It contributes to the health care. If you're voting liberal or conservative, you're voting for the same thing, mass migration. And if you live in Durham and you don't want to continue to support mass migration, you do have an option with Patricia Conlin in the PPC in that. And I got to give her a shout out because she was the first one to point this out to say, hey. Yeah, the Liberal Party candidate was a Conservative Party candidate like six months ago. Is uh, anyone want to talk about that? Unfortunately, the Liberal and the Conservative parties are a uniparty. They're the same party. Don't believe me? Well.
1: All right. Well, he gave a little shout out to the People's Party of Canada. And, uh, you know, Maxime Bernier was just there um, and had about 60 people, you know, attend uh, gathering that they were doing. They're gearing up and, and uh, you heard him mention the wonderful person that they have running there. So maybe there's some options. Um, it is interesting, isn't it, that a conservative would then run and be accepted as a liberal. So what did they think differently from the liberals? The liberals have taken them in. Obviously, they think the same as liberals. And in so many things, this happens. Um, there's a lot of information now. You know, one of the things is the support of the Ukraine war has been the same. Um, Pierre Polyev wanting to meet climate, um, you know, targets. Um, this is a, a sad thing that he's not aware of that. His policies on immigration, high immigration, uh, he's, he's not, you know, talking about bringing it down when we're having clearly a very big crisis in Canada with housing and whatnot, inflation, all that's happened. We need to take care of Canada. Put Canada first. And so, these are some things that concern uh, people about all of that. My website is lauralyn.tv. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, I don't want to cause division. I need to bring truth, and I mean that's that's what we do here. And I I do pray that we will find ways uh, to. Bring Canada to a place of truth, and that's no matter who's leading this country. You know, we we need to pray for the leaders. Um, it I have had lots of prayers about uh, Pierre. Uh, Pierre, um, sorry, I didn't mean I, I was meaning Trudeau, but his dad was Pierre Trudeau, and but I mean Pierre Polyev. Um, but prayers for these leaders that they would see, you know, God's ways, and that they would stand for what is right, but. When the whole system is so corrupt, when everybody just gets, um, you know, embedded in corruption, term limits would be something that would help in, both in the United States and in Canada. That you know, term limits, even of just being somebody who who could just be an MP for one time, because it does seem that if you start, you know, you want your pension, so you just you just compromise and compromise and compromise so that you can get funds. And the whole system is just so corrupt. So I do pray prayers for Trudeau, uh, mainly that he will be removed as an unrighteous leader and that we will see a righteous leader put in his place. Uh, my concerns are who that righteous leader might be. So we pray for Canada. We're, we're in a bit of a quandary right now with what we believe in, with what we're doing. I am not certain um, with even... You know, recently we've had uh, Pastor Julio Gabelli on the show talking about the anti-Semitism in Canada. And even that is just such a shocking thing. Like Canadians seem to have lost their way in many ways. And so every day we're just here trying to tell the truth, trying to bring a different perspective with courage. Because so many people, do you know, I think what people say they love about this show is that I'm willing to say it out loud. I'm willing to just tell you how I think and it might not be popular, and you might not like it, or maybe you love it, and that's, you know, we do sense that we've got a very strong, loyal following, and we appreciate that, Um, but these things, nonetheless, whether you agree or not with me, I need to say them, because we all need to say them, and in this country, if you say some of the things that I say on this show, which are very logical, which are true, which are scientific, which are common sense. You will lose your job by five o'clock for seeing them at your job. Uh, people wanna make laws that we can't talk, you know, against the gas industry. Um, free speech, where is that in Canada? I do not know, but I know we certainly have to be able to have the kind of courage that our guest today, um, this lawyer, beautiful woman named Erin, the kind of courage that she has shown and was able to rescue her child. So my website, Laurelyn.tv, if you're able to make a donation, thank you very much. If any of you could become a monthly supporter, I mean, for as little as $5 a month, $20, $50, $100, whatever your capacity is to be able to say that you're helping us month to month to month, we would sure appreciate it because we need to keep the lights on. In order to do this, we donate our entire career life to doing this. So uh, I can tell you that it's not making us rich. I can assure you of that. So if you ever were, word, oh, she's making a lot of money. No, I, I'm not. We're actually charitable um, donation uh, status. You know, we have tax status, charitable status. So uh, you can go and check us online and, and see where all the funds are. You can see exactly what I make, in fact. But we are able to offer you a charity, um, a tax receipt, if, you'd, if that would be a value to you for every donation that you make. We're able to do that. And we talk about bringing the power of the living God into everyday life so that we can come to some sort of uh, let's reason together. I always say that. Can we just talk about that? Can Can we not put our heads in the sand and can we just talk about what's going on? And the other beautiful part is we want to bring God's grace, God's goodness and his peace to this very tumultuous world. So, if you're able to do that, if you want to send an e-transfer, that would be at LaurelynLive at protonmail.com. If you want to pay by credit card, of course, that would be at the donate button that is on the website. So LaurelynLive at protonmail.com or proton or, or uh, gmail.com as well. And we also have snail mail. I'll take a drink while you put that up on the screen. Box 48184. New Westminster, BC, V3M0A7. And we value so much that, uh, that you support us and that you value this kind of programming. It means the world. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Really, it, it's just amazing. Um, I'm going to leave you today with a word from our sponsor, God. <laughs> we are brought to you by God. <laughs> And uh, he's a great sponsor. He keeps us he keeps us in fine form, and he never lets us be forsaken. Um, as hard as life has been, and as many things as we have seen go very, very wrong, we have seen the grace, the destiny, and the power of the living God. So I'd like to leave you with a parable that Jesus spoke, and he spoke this because it's written in red letter. So listen to this. This is in Matthew 21, verse 33. Listen to another parable, Jesus says. Isn't that neat? Jesus actually said this. Hey, guys, listen to another parable. All right. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard and he put a wall around it. He dug a wine press in it and built a watchtower. Then. He rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. And when the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them more than the first time. And the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them They will respect my son, this owner said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and they threw him out of the vineyard and they killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to these tenants? Wow, this is heavy. So in, I guess the disciples here are saying um, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, his, his disciples were saying, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. And Jesus said to them, have you never read the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. Question mark. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who fails on this stone, anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. (laughs) They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. So that's a very complex parable, but the Pharisees never understood they were looking at this parable through natural eyes when Jesus in fact said that the stone that the builders rejected, who was that? Who was the son that the builders rejected? Jesus. He has become the cornerstone. So what happened in all of this was that there was a plan that sometimes is hard to understand that when Jesus sent his son, he became the, the cornerstone and the way that we might have eternal life. It's a complex story, but it's a simple solution. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support.